Hello, and welcome to another episode of This Is Bullshit, a cultural and political podcast from two childless sisters. I'm Keisha. I'm Courtney. And this week's bullshit is us just kind of having some reactions to a recent interview with uh, Brie Joy Gray on her podcast, Bad Faith, with Talia Lavin, and kind of talking about the strategies about de-radicalization versus punching a Nazism. So let's just listen to some clips and see where we fall, shall we? Let's. feel like there's a tension between kind of the need to coalition build and a perception of a certain segment of society as kind of untouchable. People talk about deprogramming, de-radicalization. Every time I give a, a book talk, like mm. four or five of the questions are about like, can't we just kumbaya, de-radicalize? I'm like, you have no idea what goes into de-radicalization. Like genuinely, like de-radicalization, this magical term that people use constantly, uh, is a years-long process, requires... Mm-hmm you know, people to be mentally ready to leave. It's like analogous to quitting smoking. It's fucking hard, you know, it's, and sometimes people might want to kill you for leaving. Most people don't want to, they enjoy it. They enjoy the cruelty, they enjoy the camaraderie, they feel community, they feel uh, uh, acceptance, right? If you're willing to engage in a years long emotional connection of extraordinary strength to the point where I've heard of like people marrying their de-radicalizers or spending years having dinner with their de-radicalizers only to like eventually maybe arrive at a sort of tenuous former status if you're prepared to do that fine that's not scalable what is scalable is saying like these sentiments are unacceptable you cannot show up in my town you cannot show up in my university many people want to kumbaya Because for them, the prospect of, like, standing up and, like, fucking punching a proud boy is uncomfortable. And they want to see themselves as more tolerant. And, like, I mean, for me, at least, I'm like, cool, your conception of yourself as tolerant and marketplace of ideas-y and willing to coalition build whatever, like, matters more to you than my safety and the safety of, like, all the marginalized people that these people attack. Like, I, I really... Uh, if I sound angry, it's because I'm an angry person. I'm also quitting smoking and also <laughs> fuck a Nazi. Okay, I think basically what this comes down to is a question on strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I was so interested in this topic, I mean, it popped up on my feed last night and Talia was online kind of already really saying that she regretted being on Bad Faith. So, of course, that drew me in because I'm nosy. And and Brie had already released um, the clip. So I watched the 24 minute clip. And what I found odd about it was to me, it came off as that Talia was almost mad at having to explain her position and I guess where I'm coming from as a viewer is, of course, I need you to explain your position. And I think that Brie, I mean, I, I'm not trying to show any personal bias, but I have watched her show and I always feel like she asks people to explain their position in more depth 
almost as if assume the audience doesn't know what you're talking about. 100%. Because a lot of times, and especially in left spaces, a lot of, and, and academic spaces, a lot of people talk like, Everybody knows what they're talking about or has read whatever the book is. Right. Or knows exactly what these, you know, whatever uh, words you're using mean or like like even Brie, I think like she said what an incel was today. And we were like, right. Yeah. uh, And I was like, I did not know what an incel. Right. You can hear things in everyday conversation, but to Mm -hmm. like have and and that like assumption of not having to explain yourself is kind of a pretension among the left that it's always bothered me because they basically make the assumption like, oh, you don't know. (laughs) Oh, so you haven't read theory? No, bitch, I haven't. I'm a waitress. (laughs) I don't have time for this. Like, just tell me what you mean. Just tell me what you mean. Like, that's what bothers me is I don't, I I feel like Talia was approaching this from what I could see. um, And I mean, she said it and has so many words on Twitter, but basically like that she was set up or that it was a got you moment or that these questions were so far out of the realm of something that she could have talked about. But I feel like it directly related to her work as a journalist, I mean, and, and what she had infiltrated in these dating sites. And, and that's right. just, to me, a question on strategy. Do we build a rainbow coalition or are certain people completely beyond reproach and we make it so difficult to be racist within society that y- you would never choose to be, you know, uh, a racist person or whatever? I, I mean, that that's really it's just a question, I guess. Yes. And that was I mean, it was an interesting I do feel like Brie always comes at things from like a very analytical like, you know, let me she has a format, you know, like, I mean, it's not just like a willy nilly podcast. Like she definitely has a format. She has questions that she has before. So it seemed to me that that she was just asking a simple question. And um, I think it's interesting that (sighs) Talia went right into this really interesting like um, it's almost like she like took her anger at Nazis, I guess, like out at Brie, like it just seemed very attacked, like, well, we shouldn't all know who they are, and where they are. And we must treat them as pariahs and we must. And it's like, well, I mean, yes, but how? And I feel like that was Brie's constant question was like, yes, but how? So it's right. like, yes, if you, of course, like racists should be pariahs of our society, but how do you mark them or signal to other people that this person is a racist and you should and you should treat them as such so i feel like the logistics of it was what brie was trying to get to and well, so i guess i yeah. didn't have an answer let's break some of uh, some of this down like in a way as you were saying maybe we should do a play-by-play but, <laughs> uh, but we don't we edit this by ourselves so no we're not gonna do that um <laughs> only have time for clips where the clips go (laughs) um but i think you know brie starts off with asking this question and i i mean i think for all intents and purposes she's just being devil's advocate which she very Mm -hmm. often plays she does do that a lot because a lot of times too i feel like in left spaces we are talking to people that we already agree with right and it's like you also I mean, there's something to be said for being prepared with answers too. like if someone's constantly questioning you with a devil's advocate type situation, that's how you're going to hone your answer to respond to that. I mean, it's 
I don't know. But I feel even, like she's doing it in a good way, like to be like. I feel like it's not being combative. Be it's it's prepared. Yeah, it's like sparring almost. You know, like be prepared because I agree with you. But and right. I'm I'm asking, and I do this. I feel like I do this with lots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I probably ask questions like this, yeah. but I just feel like I'm always like, okay, or you're really good at always finding holes and plots of things we watch, <laughs> and that's constantly what the right does is they just look for one little loophole. Exactly, you have to think what is going to be on Tucky Carl's what is going to be the little thing that they pull out of this it's we contingency planning it's content mm-hmm. if you've ever been an event planner or you know worked like or worked at a bar even honestly like if you know you're gonna be out of fucking like uh, Frangelico and these motherfuckers like a certain kind of drink you I would be thinking okay well what's another fun shot I can think of so these people aren't you know breathing right. down my neck the whole night it's contingency planning. So to me, it's like I am on your side. It's just like preparing for a debate, you know, yes, like exactly, it's prep. Exactly. And the thing is that the, she was trying to get to the point of strategizing of like, OK, well, what is the strategy then? So to me, if you've taken the time to write a book, you need to be able to explain what Quick. your strat, what your strat, because as we so after kind of coming to all of this, then we decided to read the explanation of the book. This is what is out there about the, this is from the publisher. This is not like people's reviews of the book, but it says that it's going to explain, you know, ways that we can take action, things that we can do. And so then when Tali was asked those questions, she came back so defensive. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it just seems like a simple answer. Like, okay, I don't, I believe that you should punch Nazis in the face and here's what that means. And here how, and here how that works and here how that's scalable, which was what she was trying to explain why one, what had, and okay. So first of all, I mean, yeah, like the defensiveness and not being able to explain it. She herself said that people ask her on her book tour about this all the time Mm -hmm. so you wouldn't think that a question normal question i mean that's just common uh, like that should be expected and also now in a way i would feel like okay great i have a bigger platform and i can answer this succinctly and put this to bed i wouldn't be upset that i didn't have right that i was given the chance to discuss it you know like yeah like it was that defensiveness for me where i was like okay well first of all why you know yeah and it does seem that way oftentimes where sometimes people just like are ignorant and they don't know and and if you really want to have a revolution if you really want to make change you do have to talk to people who are Mm -hmm. ignorant or at least just explain like you know my bumpkin ass I didn't know that crosswalks like you know tweeted at you or whatever when it was time to cross the street <laughs> the noises you i mean? had no idea like a stranger told me yeah. because in our town we didn't have crosswalks right. and i never went to d into dc like i just stayed you know just at our house and there are just things that i feel like people aren't always exposed to and so you've got to be always if you're you're going to have a, I mean, you, you you have the goal to have a book, like you're an expert enough right. to have a book, yeah. but you can't just simply say like, okay, here's some reasons X, Y, Z. Nobody's attacking you because they're no, expl- I mean, asking you yeah. to explain it. Your own book. I mean, this is, it's a crazy, oof, 
that was odd. I didn't understand her vitriol and like this like weird way of coming at it. At yeah, all. she she really yeah. Odd. So so then she goes on to say, uh, Talia, like that people don't understand the de-radicalization process mm. and how long that actually takes. Um, so okay, so my about thing about this was I thought it was very okay at first when you kind of think of this it's like oh yeah why is brie bringing up de-radicalization you know like why would she steer the conversation in this direction first of all when you listen to the clip she didn't it was talia who used that specific word but second of all if you think about the context of the book which is infiltrating and talking to all these white supremacists and like get making these intimate relationships with them and all this then if what is the point like what is the point is not to at some point interject yourself at some point try to push the not to say that you have to full-on de-radicalize people in a dating website but like it's like otherwise what is no your no point? no i don't even think you have to go even that deep i think which i i think what she basically is asking is from you being in these chat rooms and seeing things up close firsthand do you think there's more value in a de-radicalization strategy or in a strategy as you're suggesting where they're just people beyond reproach and we don't even waste our time? Mm -hmm. So you're saying she should she was asking her like as an yeah, that makes perfect yeah, sense. No, like as an outsider, you've you you're the scientist who's witnessed, you know, these do things you in think their habitat or whatever. So what do you think will work? Exactly. And oh, I felt she like took it all she wrong. right, I felt like she really took offense to that. I mean, they're there's a later time in the interview as well where I feel like Brie comes at it from a, a different way and she even says, you know, I mean, she says, have you ever asked, you know, or not just not ask in any explicit way, but if you're going to be undercover, I think to your point, you were asking this, what is the purpose? If then... The purpose is literally only to collect and gather information and, and, and I'm not going to push back against the ideologies and I'm not going to test the waters on what happens if I introduce this thought? What mm -hmm. happens if I introduce this feeling? If you're if it's not to be tested in that way, then just say, you know, that's a really great question and that's not what my work was looking at i was more so gathering data so i didn't ask that but to get to it, to me it right. just seemed like almost like she got defensive because she didn't think to do that <laughs> that was an interesting when you said that i was like oh i hadn't thought of it that way but i mean maybe she did because it didn't really her the response was just way off did not match what the conversation the was exactly um gosh i mean the whole thing she's just so hostile that it makes it really hard to like understand her points and what she's trying to get across so i couldn't tell if she had a strategy in mind but couldn't articulate it or doesn't have a strategy do you see what i'm saying like i'm like i get the punch a nazi thing but like what's the rest of it i don't know right exactly and i think that that's what brie was trying to get her to tamp down on and i think too what it is is like 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 Talia was kind of like approaching the audience from this angle of like these are dumb dumb idiots they just don't understand just how intricate this is and you know like it takes years and years and years and I think 
the that's one of the huge things that kind of like sparked in my mind yeah. because you know for our experience we are one of the only black families in a rural uh town that i mean now it's definitely i think more populated and more diverse yeah but when we grew up there, I mean, we were one of the few black people there. Always. Always the only black kid in class. Always. There were no Mexican people. There were no Jewish people. I had people. one Mexican friend. Always like... just one, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, Always yeah, just one. One I mean, Asian, one Mexican, one, you know. Just one. Yet. One. And it was, and there were a lot of, of there was a lot of racism. But I mean, mm -hmm. I think in that scenario, there was a lot of racism, I think, that even our peers didn't realize that they were engaging in. It was inherent. It was because their parents taught them this way. It was mm -hmm. because, I mean, I even, I, I've said this multiple times in different interviews, but just like the bias that I internalized against black people that because of the media, you know, every time you turn on the TV mm -hmm. in Virginia, it was about crime in DC being yes. committed by a black man. That was it. That was all. And That's you have to true. understand when you live in that area in the in the DMV, you see much different commercials, propaganda. Um, you, it's just very different. I mean, we're still mm -hmm. seeing these like really weird like vote for this. And don't you think that the Senate should take action on such and such? And you're like, who is this? Who is this for? Is somebody running for something? You no. can't tell. No, it's just a propaganda for something. It's like for a proposition, and you're like, I'm not in Congress, so no. you're trying to persuade me. It's it's very different. And I mean, I think it's it's interesting because this goes to your point of, and I think with the point that Bree was trying to make as well, logistically, how does this work? If in a, on a day-to-day -day basis, you have to interact with white people, whether they be Nazis or not, that's another question that I have, but um, you have to interact with them. You just to make, just to get through your day-to-day -day life, mm -hmm. you can't punch everybody in the face. So like explain this theory more. If your theory is to punch all Nazis in the face, then like, you know, what does that one black kid in school do or what you know when you're the only person what do you do because realistically you can't make it through your life if you don't go along to get along sometimes it's just it's that's unfortunate. just reality yeah i wish that you could but as you can see the government will kill you so it's like you you can't like if it's not your neighbor who's gonna kill you then the government's gonna kill you for being too outspoken right. so you have to but logistics you come into play you have to pick and choose those battles and like to finish up my thought on the last thing that she said in tying in with that is she's basically saying I don't think that you people understand what really goes into de-radicalization and it's like with what you're tying in is we are living it right we are living it we do know it takes years because we've had to pick and choose those battles and that's the issue that I have with her answers and her lack of willingness to offer strategy and just mm -hmm. like say here we should do xyz because we honestly want to know nobody's like tearing you down it's just a meeting of the minds what should we be doing first of all mm -hmm. but also like we have been living it and you have to hear our experience where you know if you're on a back road in a rural town and a white cop pulls you over you're gonna punch them uh, you know, you're not. You're if not. you're at your boyfriend's house and you're just meeting his parents and you didn't realize they were fucking racist, 
you're just going to cause a fight in the middle of their living room or because the other issue I have is that she's also making this argument that she cares about the safety of the people or that we can't mm. be we can't <clears throat> be uh, having any kind of sympathy for these people right. because these people are putting her in danger uh, or people like her in danger mm -hmm. uh, in her life. But then what are you asking people to do by punching a Nazi? Aren't you asking them to take on a certain amount of danger that 100%. a lot of people yeah. are not equipped to take on. Right. Even <laughs> and I think, you know, there's different levels to it, of course. And I wish even that's something she could have gotten into. Number one, she could have gotten into. Are you talking about literal Nazis or metaphorical Nazis? Yes, that needs to be distinguished. That needs to be very much distinguished. And then number two, what do you mean? Explain explain what you mean by punch a Nazi. Like, are you saying, um, you know, my weapon of choice is Twitter. So I will use that to, you know, expose X, Y, and Z person every chance that I get, gym that I work with or whatever. Or are you saying, you know, my form of punching is physical interaction and that's what I do. And then to your point, I mean, you may ask a really good question. Has she punched anybody? What's... If you are going to say punching Nazis is the only way, I need not just one, I need a couple of videos of you getting into a fight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, 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 the interview goes on and on to be about how she is behind a keyboard having these interactions mm -hmm. and how scary that can be or how terrible it is to interact with this rhetoric. But at the end of the day, the rhetoric is not based towards you as a person because you're taking on an avatar you are pretending to be another person and you're basically letting this person vent you know these racist sympathies but it's not specifically an attack to you right just because you're overhearing it i mean just to me this because they're really saying it to you they're right. saying it to her but as a cover but they're not saying it to her in a hurtful way they're saying it to her in a chummy way so yeah i mean it's like, not like we agree right exactly so it's not even it's not like it's being like hurled at you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're just chit-chatting i mean her gosh her take was really strange on how they like on how much of an attack it was on her to be going through all of these things and like experiencing all of this and she would never wish on anyone and that uh, there were so many levels to that uh. it, first no one asked you to do it. You're writing a book. Where are the proceeds to the it. book going? Where are the proceeds to the book going? She already has a second book deal coming up. I mean, so it's like as a journalist, I have friends who are journalists. I mean, you put yourself into the danger sometimes. But I mean, also, I mean, the whole point of it as an anthropologist as well. Like I, I, I just you get to choose also your subject matter, which I think is such a point of privilege too. like there was a lot of privilege that Talia was a spewing lot. out that oh I feel God. like she was not aware that she was uh, was saying. Yeah, I'm trying to like look at my notes and see if I can like. Oh, we have notes. Understand. Um, um, but that was one of the things like to be complaining as have, to be complaining as a journalist. You could at any time when we're talking about 
to be complaining as a journalist about your subject matter when you also will be putting out a book on the subject matter. Mm -hmm. It's not as though you were so distraught that you couldn't right. continue through with it. You couldn't per report your findings on it. Uh, I think there's also a level to the catfish and the avatar of it. Because, again, like it wasn't like you were, you know, going deep undercover and people were yelling at you as a you know as if you were a black person even though you were a jewish person or you were taking on some other persona you weren't she wasn't being overly jewish in these chat rooms she was being a white person so no, right. nothing was ever i think that's a whole other level of of just like non-experience it's a it's just a weird it's weird to have these reactions when you didn't really you weren't really in the thick of it you were just overhearing it it's different it's voyeuristic in a way like you yes you are being vented to but she's taking that on as it was being said to her or about her <clears throat> right but just to like you know continue to put it back in perspective what we're referencing is that she would go undercover in different avatars and such in white supremacist white nationalist online spaces as women and um right. mostly um, dating yeah groups, dating yeah. things so you know these people think that you already agree so it's not like they are saying oh you jewish woman i'm putting you down right that's not what's happening so that's that's one thing but then another thing you talked about is like the the great question of like what are we talking about here in terms of nazis because i feel like brie had started out kind of more in terms of white supremacists and i mean for me this topic i feel like if you want to take this punch a nazi kind of uh, whole thing to the extreme like to me i think it's anything that's going that's upholding these white supremacist uh, structures. So mm -hmm. to me, that's the Democratic Party. You know, that's, you know, that means you can't just be willing to talk about we've got to punch all the Richard Spencers of the world who are willing to be in the KKK or willing to say that they're white nationalists. But we almost have to be more diligent about those who say, oh, no, 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 no. I hear you and I see you and the Joe Bidens of the world who will say that, but then make a policy that's going to enslave a population uh, for generations. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, I just feel like the heat's got to come for both. And that's why the definition of what are we talking about right. here is important. Because mm -hmm. to me, I felt like it was more that uh, general kind of all white people kind of generally have a bias or an undertone of racism that they might not even be aware about. And, and, do but but some people might act on that more because of certain experiences or instances that they might find themselves in mm -hmm. are finding that they're finding solace in these groups you know right. they can connect with these groups how can we basically woo them mm -hmm. you know back to us and right. then i felt like talia took it to nazis ex like the most extreme way you could and then right. it's like how do you argue from the extremes i guess you know it's like well, of course, we're not talking about Nazis, but I mean, like right. some people do say, did tweet the N word a few years ago when they shouldn't have, but now have leftist tendencies. Like, how do we do? Do we spend time with this person? Do we forgive that? Or are there people who are super extreme but believe in universal health care and we spend time? What What does that look what, like? What you know? are the, yeah. Mm -hmm. What are the parameters of it? 
I have no idea. What did you think um, that Brie was talking about? I thought, I mean, I thought what Brie was trying to say, I mean, I thought she was just, again, like going back to strategy. And I mean, she's, I feel like she's always trying to talk about strategy. I think it's interesting because it seems like we keep wanting to have these left conversations of like, what are we going to do? And what are we doing with all this? And why do we keep having these podcasts? And what's going on? But then when people try we, to... We want to or we want to or... <laughs> I mean, people. We we want to. Right. Like, I mean, let's not, you know, we all have other things we want to do. Like, let's no, get no. to the, you know, to the yeah. crux of it. And I feel like she's constantly asking these questions. Like, okay, great. Super. Like, what's next? What's if you don't next? agree with force the vote, what is a then strategy right. we can act on? What's a timeline? What is... These are actionable items. People getting upset about you asking them to me, it just shows that you're a farce. What are you for then? Yeah, do you think that... I wonder if if there's something to, like, the way that she's asking or something. It seems like, you know, like, are people just always taking her as being argumentative when really she's just being, like, matter-of-fact? Do you know what I mean? And maybe if it was somebody else who said it, it would come out more matter of fact. And but to me, I, to mm. me, her tone is the most. I mean, even controlled well, a lot of the time. Well, so, I could see with Brie, like sometimes she comes off as kind of condescending. Like I mean, and there were times in in this twenty four minute clip that she did, but I think rightfully so because she was responding to basically like assumptions that she was being a Nazi sympathizer. So I could understand. Yeah. But also, I don't think it's fair that Brie has to always maintain her composure in order for an argument to be deemed to have gone her way. I think it's complete bullshit. When Sam Cedar showed up for that force the vote, interview and was completely unprepared, did not understand what it meant to withhold this vote for speaker, that there was no chance for the Republicans to win speaker in this instance. When he came with literally no facts, he still had the gall of a white man to be like, you know, but this is how I feel and, and, and sit there and argue. I mean, I think they talked for like two and a half hours or something. And it, it's just like, uh, why do people get upset about it seems like the people that get upset are people who don't have an answer right exactly and and that's infuriating because now she's pegged as the bad person where she has to watch every single little thing that she says where i think that she should have every right to be like well this is kind of bullshit sam you you don't even really know what's going on or you know what talia you're coming off a little bit defensive where i'm trying to connect this to what your book is going about and something that my audience will also find interesting and and she did in many, many, many ways wow. explain this, always try to go back to it. But mm-hmm. the amount of emotional work that Brie has to do in these interviews to be seen as on the level of some of these other podcasters where men, Tim Black's allowed to have emotions. He's allowed to oh cry and whine and go on and on and on. Jimmy Dore, of course, is allowed to have emotions, even though people are pissy about that. <laughs> A Sam Cedar uh, uh, young I Turks. I mean, yeah. every politics is emotional, and right. I feel like she has to do so much emotional work to be like, okay, I'm gonna say this in a way so it won't be taken right. out of I context. Think exactly, and I, I think I mean it probably just has to do with her being a black woman and especially being you know articulate. Mm, okay, a like, lawyer. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it is just we could be getting so much farther so much faster if people just took all that out of it and just like 
understand the fucking question that she's asking and answer the question or say I don't have an answer and I don't know what that looks like or I'm not really sure I mean this Talia thing it does throws me off a little bit because I don't quite oh whoops and it turns around your hand the <laughs> mic's around um I still don't quite understand what the purpose of this whole exercise was was it just to be voyeuristic because I feel like we already are well aware that racist exists so right. what was the purpose My point is that this girl, Talia, is super privileged. I mean, she constantly reference. Okay, gosh, she constantly references her ancestors and what they had to go through and those atrocities. I just feel like she's coming from a place of of not having to have a day to day interaction with. I want to say racism. Maybe that's being too, but okay. I'm going to say something a little, <laughs> little provocative, but she did have to go out online and seek out, you know, this kind of, it's kind of to right. me like when rich people are journalists or weather people and they like storm chase and stuff. And you're like, who in their right mind would do this? But it's mm-hmm. like, well, this is the closest I'm going to get to this kind of excitement, struggle or strife or whatever that it is. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, I guess because, sorry, but like if you're really in earnest trying to find an answer to these problems and it keeps you up at night and you mm-hmm. hate these people, at some point you do have to realize to make, to solve it, sometimes that does mean um that you might have to persuade or be nice to even if in all of your hatred like like even like the most petty girls will be like you know what i'm gonna befriend this bitch because right eventually i'm gonna need this chick to do something for me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i feel like i mean that's that's yeah her privilege it just shows all over the place exactly that's that's the best way to put it because if at this point you're not in it to make some sort of change or de-radicalize or whatever the hell it is you want to call it you're just there to be a voyeur like this is 2021 like it's not necessary we know it exists like right what you're saying we get that it exists we know that we get that then what was her purpose i mean like it's just coming from such a crazy place of like oh my gosh did you guys know like right well, let's let's keep continuing down this line of privilege because I think I took a few notes on that. Ooh. And one of the things I wrote down is like it's quite the privilege for her to say like there will be no Nazis in my town at my university at my this my that. Mm-hmm. I would say, what power do I have as a black woman, <laughs> and, right. and the and one of the few in this town that I live mm-hmm. in? What power do I have to say you will not be entering into my town? What power do I, as uh, you know, some chick who like goes just goes to a university or whatever? Right. Uh, yes, you can protest or say these things 
to the people in power. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, something like a university, that structure is already built around a system of white supremacy anyways. So mm-hmm. do, do you really think that you're going to be stopping? You're the one Jewish girl in your sorority and you're going to like make changes? Like, OK, wow. Harsh. Not hard. What? She you said know that I was a one of the black girl in my Jewish sorority. I mean, it wasn't Jewish, but there were a lot of Jewish girls in it. I wasn't looking to change hearts and minds. Okay, I was. It was from an anthropological <laughs> perspective, like Jane Goodall, you know, with the ages, like in the wild, seeing what's going on. Hey, hey, you. How else are you gonna know how to, you know? Well, maneuver. kind of, kind of in the same way of it's like. And in the same way, why why we needed her to define kind of what that meant rather than taking it to the most extreme versions, Mm -hmm. because, you know, these girls in my sorority, they're a poll, you know, they think, oh, I'm voting Democrat. That is good enough. I mean, I don't know if all of them do, quite honestly. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's like I, I vote Democrat and that's good enough. And to me, I think. That's harmful. Like people are going on and on about Nazis. But when you are one of the few uh, uh, black people who live in in a racist town, I much prefer seeing a Confederate flag or something outside so I can be like, all right, well, fuck that person. And then you you can keep it pushing. Exactly. Yeah. You can steer clear. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're very clear. Exactly. But a lot of people, I mean, on Twitter today, I'm just talking to people and they were literally saying, you know, Joe Biden is just not as harmful as a neo-Nazi who's out in the street. But I want to ask, you know, yes, I do know that hate crimes happen. Mm-hmm. I do know that um, that people are killed and, and murdered and, and these things do happen. I do understand that. But beyond, like, really, like, what is your average kind of like, okay, maybe you're a guy in the KKK, you go to some parades or whatever, and yes, they believe disgusting things. But... When we then think it's okay to stop checking somebody like Joe Biden, who is literally helping to create policy and writing policy that enslaves black people, takes away their autonomy, um, you know, puts them into bankruptcy or, you know, doesn't want them busing or just sees them as subhuman, as he has very well made clear, worked with literal KKK, a.k.a. segregationists, you know. I think that that is kind of the question for me. It's like, to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, great. We're punching Nazis. Let's do it. Right. But to me, it's like, you got that shady shit. That's also some Nazi shit. Because let's not forget, Nazis learned from U.S. American slavery. I mean, they were like, wow, you guys really know how to do it. You've cracked the code on how to break down a complete group of people. Um, and they use it to their advantage. I mean, it's interesting because the Joe Biden thing, it's like it's literally a numbers game. If you think about the one guy who goes to a KKK rally religiously, he goes, you know, once a month. He's really into it. Realistically, he's probably physically harmed very few people mm-hmm. or even I mean, he's probably harmed very few people. You know what I'm saying? But like numbers wise, Joe Biden has harmed. <laughs> We're talking about NAFTA. Innumerable amount of Iraq people. War, Patriot Act, a Drug Act of 86, right, Drug I, Act of 88, DC, trying to keep buses from being, being seg- <laughs> integrated. integrated. Like, yeah, I mean. Made the crime bill. Like, this guy, It to me, it is. There are speeches where you can watch Joe Biden. 
he's talking about um he's on the senate floor talking about getting bills passed for oh. war and he didn't say 40 years as i love that he says 40 for 40 breathy years um he wasn't at that point yet but um he did I mean, this guy's charismatic. This guy is, oh, yeah. he, I mean, one thing about being a lawyer, too, is about, you know, being able to convince people to your side. And I mean, it was so creepy what he said, but he was like, if you want a war to get passed or something about policing to get passed, give it to a Democrat. <laughs> I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, this motherfucker knows. He's been, right. first of all, okay, I, this is a question that I had written down. We'll get back to the privilege, but since we're on Joe Biden, oh. for all intents and purposes, wouldn't Joe Biden, if he had an, an R next to his name, be considered a Republican? To, to me, he would be. Poli and should be. You mean policies-wise? Policies-wise. Yes. And as I was saying before, I think the problem is that because he's a Democrat, people just gloss over whatever it was that happened before, whichever way he voted. You know, they just, I think people are just so desperate to, I don't know what, just so desperate. Period. I don't know what, explain that to me. The, <laughs> like, I don't know what I don't get of because, it because what Brie was saying is both strategies need to be used. And what Talia was saying is absolutely not. We do not basically like, you know, uh, What's that one people um, say? We don't uh, negotiate with terrorists, ter yeah. you know? <laughs> like, that's basically what Talia was trying to say. And, and I think it's just like, that would be really great. But to me, that is a la-la land of existence and not the reality that, that right. a lot of people who live in these situations can, can operate their lives in, you know? It just yeah, isn't. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it, somebody like Joe Biden... People are letting him slide when in 2018 he helped a Republican win the House seat in Michigan. I mean, is that not important? I mean, the problem, I mean, uh, I feel like part of um, part of like uh, getting uh, or Joe Biden being elected was that everyone wants to get 100 percent back to normal. Just back to brunch. Got to do this. Got to do that. I got to get back to normal. And now Trump is gone and everything's going to be great. So I think that people just literally don't have the memory space to keep all of these things. And I don't think it's about I, the I memory think, space. I think they just... It's not, I don't think it's about the memory. I think it's about the narrative that has to be written because American politics doesn't allow for any nuance. Like it is either is someone is all good or all bad and, and this or that. Joe Biden has plagiarized multiple times been kicked out of presidential campaigns. I mean, this guy was yes, first cutting okay. Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting Medicaid. Are these democratic principles? I, I don't think that they should be, but this is what I'm saying even right. with... Even with, why won't people call out the fact that he helped a Republican get elected in 2018? Just like, why won't we? It, it's, it becomes this thing of like, okay, well, now the story has to be this because, you know, in order to win this fight, it, it's right. just, it's, Yeah, they're, that's what I'm saying. They're just so, so down. down. Yeah. They're so desperate, I think, that people just don't want to get into the weeds. Oh, I guess, I like, guess when you say desperate, I find that to be giving people a lot of empathy or sympathy or something like i just i just feel like people need to lie to them you're, like you're saying it in this way of like 
almost I don't know I feel like you're letting people off the hook in a way in the way that you're saying it but um to me it's just like okay like okay I talked to somebody online today and like just the way even the way he was talking about Joe Biden like oh well you know he didn't know he he couldn't have been a psychic about what the crime bill was gonna do Mm. okay fine fair enough he was a senator for 10 years at least afterwards then he was vice president for almost another 10 years has he ever introduced any legislation to go back against what he said he barely wanted to apologize for the crime bill he hasn't made a coalition to like learn about it or (laughs) discover its effects or whatever he always does he he always you know he always does you got to make a thing and you got to study the results a task force a task force that's what i meant yeah task task force force. remember those you gotta have a <laughs> Remember when everybody's like, he's got these task forces, you That's see? what's gonna save us, guys. Oh, uh, and he's definitely gonna listen to the progressives. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like literally people who, who said, I mean, I, I, I watched so much Real Housewives, so much. And I knew that those task forces were bullshit. Like, that's why I feel like people also need to watch like Real Housewives. Like mm-hmm. almost to me, I feel like Talia would, Okay, I don't want to be make too much of an inference here because maybe Brie would as well. I don't know what she's into. Ooh. But, you know, like when people make these kind of just declarative things like this is all, you know, oh, this is just such trash. But there's a lot of nuance to be found. And I think that when you kind of write a total thing off, that's when you kind of lose the game. Like that's the way that Trump won. Like Right. That's what they everyone wants that's they want to go back to sleep like well well everybody wrote off the wwe crowd everybody wrote off you know totally people forgot that the united states is not just two coasts right like i mean there's a lot of country out there it was becoming that way though Mm -hmm. well okay so that gets us into something and well any other things about the privilege that we wanted to touch on um besides it just being cringy and like just always under the surface um it definitely was there under the surface. I don't know what else we could say. I mean, <clears throat> do, do, do. I'm just hoping that her reasons for doing this were, you know, pure not of heart, I guess. It's, they, they seem like they could be a little, um, and this is not just me saying this, other people on Twitter have said this, but um, self-centered, being a little, taking it very personally. <clears throat> but Right, if you're going to kind of do this work, like shouldn't sh- the... <laughs> general goodwill of what you're trying to accomplish or the information that can be uh you know uh gotten out of this is is going to help the common good not just oh i was personally offended so you know what now i've got to kind of now i <laughs> i got to keep this information this? to myself right and figure and, it out for yourself and just tell us just tell us if you <laughs> if you write a book people are gonna ask you questions but anyways um just saying okay Doodly do, doodly dee. Here is what I have about Brie. Now I just, I just wanted to rhyme. Okay, we are back. Now, I do have kind of one wrap-up question about the Talia interview. And 
in in her description of the book uh-huh. um, and in other things I've seen on Twitter, people are talking about how she is exposing Nazis. And I guess my question would be like, do I have to buy the book for these Nazis to be exposed? Or is this something where like she's but like, what do, what do we mean by that? Like, also, what do we oh. mean by that? Do you think she means like, like giving their names out or something? I, I, that's what I want. I, that's what I, I need to know because uh, it's also like, what's the level that we're? No, I'm thinking she means like exposing their. Here's know, things lives. they say behind closed doors. Yeah, right. But it's yeah. not like. No, I don't think she's doxing anyone or no. Now, can I ask you another question? Do you think that she got into physical altercations with every single one of the Nazis mentioned in her book? I do not. I do not. I don't think she's been. I don't. I do not. I don't know. Sorry. I'm trying not to laugh, but it's just it's ridiculous. This is why we have to. It would have made perfect sense for her to further explain what she means by punch a Nazi. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. This was a fun one for us, so we did go off on quite a few tangents. So why don't you come and check out the extras that we have from this episode on our YouTube page. We dressed up. We looked nice. I mean, we did the whole nine. Um, Come, comment, and make sure you're subscribing, liking, and just uh, generally hanging out with us. So we'll see you somewhere on social media. Bye.